Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know. It's okay not to know what you believe or why you believe it. It's okay to change what you believe or not if you don't want to. Um, we think of ourselves as being on a frontier in terms of faith, just exploring what God will teach us, where we may go. Some things have changed and some things haven't, and we're glad that you're here with us. My name is Ryan Harris. My name is Nathan Whitaker. So today we've got one of my best friends in the entire universe on. Um, <laughs> she went to, she and I went to undergrad together. And I think that she definitely kept me sane. I, I think perhaps the other way around also. It was an interesting place. Maybe someday I'll talk about it more. But <laughs> um, so anyway, that's how we, we met. So I'm going to let her introduce herself. So Abby, who are you? I'm Abby. Uh, I'm a pastor in Iowa. I have four fantastic children um, spanning the ages of 10 months and 24 years old. Yes. I probably sound like a child because this is a podcast and you can't see my face, which to be fair is also childlike. <laughs> in fact, funny story. This one's so good. I don't know if I told you this. <laughs> the other day, my son's friend was going to spend the night. My son is 16. And uh, so his friend's mom did due diligence and called to make sure that they weren't up to any shenanigans. Right. And I answered the phone and she said, mm, this is a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I, I said, no, I'm not. And and the son was very embarrassed and he's like mom she's not a kid and then we we're talking a little bit she's like i'm sorry but you are definitely a kid aren't you <laughs> of course that's been happening to you since i've known you yes so then i i just said here talk to my husband he sounds like an adult <laughs> and everything was squared away but just so everyone knows, um, I am not six years old with a 24-year-old daughter. Also, Ryan and Nate are not having six-year-olds on their podcast so far. Oh, gosh, that, that would be I know interesting. Of. I, to be fair, I have not listened to every episode, so I don't know. Maybe you have had a six-year-old. But well, I imagine Ryan would have to watch his language a little more. Yeah. You went to the church you're a pastor at now when you were growing up, right? I did. In fact, my grandmother used to own a house where the church parking lot is. The church also used to be a basement and there was no top. It was just the basement was the church. I don't really understand how that works, but... I was going to say, I don't... Okay. It's like that? a bunker? Then? That's a bunker, yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. I But then, like, so my family helped build the building and my grandmother sold the parking lot lot where their house was to the church. Uh, so uh, I am like deep in it here. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not one of those intense church people that's like, listen, I my family built this church and so you have to do whatever I say. <laughs> Instead, I'm Are like, sure? instead, I say, I'm the pastor. <laughs> I get to do <laughs> what right. I want, right? And, and, and if you don't <laughs> like it, there's the door. Yeah, get out. 
I mean, you know, <laughs> whatevs. Uh, yeah. My oldest is 24. Her name is Hillary. And then Janet is the next in the line. Ryan is my 16-year-old. Not the Ryan on this podcast, but no. a different Ryan. Ryan Harris is not my son. I just want that not to be clear. Son. Just for clarity's sake. I mean, yeah. So, and then, uh, and I didn't name my son after Ryan. He. That's what she says. It's Ryan with an I, so you don't yeah. you don't get to count him. You, you don't get to claim. Anyway, and then my Fine. youngest. He has the Holy Spirit special magic, so it could that's have been... right. I mean, I'm just, a, but she has more. She's a she's a pastor. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I don't know the rules yet. So. I'm a level three. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, remember, Abby? Remember when we tell people in school that we were prophecy majors? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a thing, but we like to joke about it. Um, Recently, anyway. completely. Oh, uh, my my youngest daughter is 10 months old and her name is Zion. Um, but uh, which side note, people keep naming boys Zion and, you know, whatevs, but then they act like I'm crazy for naming my daughter Zion, even though the personifications of Zion in the Bible are like exclusively female personifications. So just, yeah, that's just true. saying it makes a lot more sense what I did and I have feelings about it. So, and everybody else is wrong. Yes, they're all wrong. I'm wrong. Have you considered that maybe they're just seeing you for the theology nerd that you are? I'm okay with it. <laughs> they, can, <laughs> they mostly just tune me out. And it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, that happens sometimes. In my life, yeah. yeah. I get real interested and into something, and people are like, why are you talking about yeah. this? And I'm like, because it's good, and you need to know it. Yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Oh, prophecy major, side note. <laughs> I, I am, you know, I just think about all sorts of random things. And this is what you're getting yourselves into tonight. It's just a bunch of random thoughts. Um, I was I was looking at one of those like New York Instagram accounts that have all sorts of interesting things going on. And there was one with uh, a performance artist that was like laying maybe naked on, on like on their side. And I was uh -huh. like, huh, the prophets did some pretty. <laughs> uh, Ezekiel had to do some weird. I know. Weird and, shit, the, and literally. Yeah. And and performance artists, there's some pretty interesting things. So I just I don't know what I think about that connection, but I think that there is some sort of connection to explore. Wait, are you saying that the prophets were the first performance artists? Perhaps. <laughs> Holy I don't know. Spirit There's a paper in there. Artists, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know exactly what I'm saying, so don't quote me on it. Just something to randomly think about while people ignore the weird, nerdy things you're saying. They're like, it's just, uh -huh. 
This is just supposed to be interesting to look at, Abby. Like people watching that. Yeah. Not. God forbid I think about it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've gotten really far in my introduction, and not at all. Or I don't know. I'm I'm random sometimes. That's great. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, what we like to do in these uh, podcast episodes is hear the story. We call these the well because uh, we're modeling ourselves off of uh, Jesus who listened uh, to the woman at the well who uh, engaged and just wanted to hear her story and who she was and what mattered to her. And uh, that's what we want to reflect, especially as people on the frontier that may be a little different than our upbringings, our traditions that we've been instilled with, or we're just in a place where we're questioning and we're thinking about things. And so we like to hear where people are in their journeys and, and how their faith has yeah, developed over, over their lifetime or their period of questioning, whatever ends up happening. And so we like to keep it kind of open in terms of uh, what we talk about. And we're just so excited to have you here, Abby. When I was thinking about what I would talk about, I I just wanted to, um, Ryan had kind of suggested at some point, because I am a pastor, just kind of talking about the pastorate a little bit. And I've been a pastor here in Iowa City for 10, 11 years. Yeah, it's been 11, 12 years now, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a while. We got old, Abby. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, and I started out in kids ministry. Um, I am currently the associate pastor. And, you know, uh, I think... A lot has, you just, you see a lot of things over the years. And I kind of just wanted to share a little bit about some of the beautiful moments of the pastorate. Because I think a lot of times we hear the stressful moments, which certainly there's a lot of those. Um, we hear about... Uh, bad pastors. We hear about celebrity pastors. I am not trying to make a judgment on what kind of pastor I am. I'm not a celebrity, although now I'm on this podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Here's you'll have here's half a dozen followers after yeah. this. <laughs> Hashtag influencer. That's <laughs> all I wanted. That's the whole reason I'm here. I'm just kidding. Um, I pastor at a small church um, in, you know, it's Iowa. We don't have a lot of big towns and we're not the smallest, but we're not the biggest either. Um, and I've seen, I, I think the best place to start maybe is just um, my daughter Zion, so my three oldest kids, uh, we met at the church and, um, 
God did a wonderful and very beautiful work in bringing our family together. Uh, and I recently gave birth to our 10 month old. Um, she's the first one that has come from my body, but no less or more my child. And at night when you're with your baby, uh, as I imagine Nate knows, and they're crying, you do different things to help soothe them. And I sing songs and like a good pastor who grew up in a small church in Iowa, who did nothing but sing old hymns, uh, <laughs> the songs I've got ready to sing to her are, <laughs> you know, some, some old school church songs. And uh, so one night I was singing to her. I'm not going to sing for you all because first off, I still sound like a child. And second, I am not a good singer, but that's okay. Um, but there's that song in Christ Alone. And there's the line uh, that I'm saying uh, a lot. And I'm very aware okay. of that. But everybody does. I just want to call it out and say, I know that this is happening. <laughs> anyway, singing in Christ alone. And there's this line from life's first cry to final breath. Right. And as I was singing it to her in the middle of the night, it really hit me. Um, the fact that within the pastorate, I have been able to be there for both of those moments and many moments in between of people's lives and what a very deep honor that has been. And it just made me very grateful for um, this, this vocation. Uh, it can be very stressful and it can take a lot out of you sometimes but the truth of it is I, I just feel so honored that people have shared those moments with me and um so as we were kind of talking through things and when he had when ryan had mentioned the idea of talking about being a pastor this all kind of happened at the same time and and so that has just been kind of rolling around in my brain. And so I just wanted to share a few of the stories from my pastorate that have really um, been beautiful moments that I think oftentimes uh, may kind of be overlooked, but have really shaped my view of the pastorate. Um, I don't think it's about, I mean, certainly we want to have good teaching and good homilies and, um, and all of those typical things uh, that, that people expect of the pastorate. Uh, but a lot of the things that maybe our culture has valued in um, like church growth models or in 
I don't know what whatever um, just rolling off the cuff here uh, but you know celebrity pastors with fancy shoes and killer yeah, Instagrams airplanes um, yes. mm -hmm. yeah I I just I feel that I mean I, not I don't want to be self-righteous about it and that's something that I know that I am uh, prone to find myself in and I want to be wary of that but uh, I just think that there's been a lot of very beautiful moments that can be overlooked when we're looking at the dazzling things or even just the outward things instead of the quiet moments you have with people. I was just going to say that I'm I'm looking forward to hearing some of those because I think we don't have too many of those stories so far on the podcast. You know, I'm not <laughs> saying that we, it's not like we're here to form hate mobs or anything, but uh -huh. um, we've talked a lot about things that are difficult and problematic mm -hmm. and, and I mean a lot. And like you said, that's part of it too. But I think, uh, I, like I said, I'm looking forward to hearing some of the other side of things too, because I know I was really resonating with when you were talking about how ministry is also a privilege that we get that most people don't get. So um, I didn't really have a question. I just was uh, just wanted to say I'm looking forward to it because it's a little different than what we've normally done. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're interested. You're not getting me out yet. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I guess uh, first story to start with um, was a few, oh, maybe it was two years ago now. Um, there's a man in my church. He's... Um, not from America originally, but is a is has become a citizen and, and it's been a wonderful journey to walk with him. Um, he is the epitome of that verse in Romans that says to outdo one another in showing honor. No matter how much you may try and show him more honor, he will out honor you and it is um it is humbling i mean is it uncomfortable it's, it's <laughs> in the best it, like it's very humbling and um he had us over to his house so one thing that we have found in our pastorate that has been one of the most beautiful ministries is doing visitations i think that a lot of um, a lot of pastors have kind of got away from doing house visits, or at least within our tradition, they have. Uh, and by our tradition, I mean Ryan and I. We went to undergrad together. Well, he's wherever you stand. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they know they know where I am at okay. these days. So, uh, but so we were visiting him. And he comes out and he's, you know, not a wealthy man. And he comes out with um, what he has. It's a few slices of just white bread and some Sprite because he comes from a culture that believes 
um, in hospitality and he is a fantastic Christian. And side note, Christians should practice hospitality. It's pretty important. And most of the great moments that you see with Jesus are shared over meals. So I think that it's, it is a good work, a good Christian work to show hospitality. Um, but so he had us over, he gave us some white bread, some Sprite, uh, brought out a bowl for us to wash our hands. We're sitting there, we're listening to music, we're talking and hearing about his um, his day. He's asking us about ours. And we come to this moment where we're going to eat this bread and Sprite. And in that moment, it was perhaps the uh, don't, you know, think of me as blasphemous, but it was it was as if we were sharing the most holy communion. We had bread and we had, you know, wine, except it was Sprite. Except it was carbonated, yeah. It was carbonated <laughs> sugar water. And... Uh -huh. um, but it was in that moment that we shared a deep, very Christian fellowship. And it was just clear to all of us. We all just cared for each other. We loved each other. We prayed. And it was one of those moments that, again, it's short. It's not anything flashy. But it was one of the most meaningful moments of my pastorate to just sit there and commune with um, my congregants in their home and to share share a meal together. And it, it felt like I'm walking with Jesus right now. Not that I'm Jesus, but that, you know, if anyone was Jesus in this moment, it was, well, maybe the elements, except we didn't pray over them like that. And also... <laughs> Listen, I'm going off on a on a side note. No, no, I, I'm I'm laughing because I'm thinking about the Lutherans who listen to this, and I'm enjoying yeah. the facial expressions that they're making right now. <laughs> anyway, praying over Sprite and, and white bread. That I love it. Be, it's great. Yeah. You know what? It was it was a holy moment, and I can't describe it well in words, and this is a medium of nothing but words, but <laughs> I recommend, <laughs> not that you drink a lot of Sprite because, you know, diabetes and insulin, like we were talking about earlier, is expensive, mm. uh, but sharing holy meals with people in their homes, in your home, can be a really beautiful thing and it was an honor uh, another moment from my pastorate um we had some kids uh a family that um their mother was pregnant so four kids at the moment pregnant with her fifth and she knew she was about to go into labor and she didn't have anyone to watch the kids. So she asked if they could come over to my house. Um, and of course I said yes. And 
they came over and another young woman from the church uh, came over to spend time with me. And then another kid happened to also come over. So I had five kids at my house plus <laughs> a 20 something year old woman and myself. You know, um, just Friday or every other day at Abby's yeah, house. <laughs> pretty much. And, and it was a little bit, there was kind of some stressful things going on. And and also when you have that many kids who aren't your own and not a particularly big space, I don't, I don't have anything cool like a swimming pool in my backyard or, you know. I'm, I know that we already discussed how I'm a celebrity pastor on the rise but I have not quite hit the, uh, you know, celebrity pastor house yet. I'll let you well, know. you're still working on naming it so you can claim it, right? Yes. Something yeah, exactly. like that. I was thinking maybe you spend it all on that private jet of yours. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know. Actually, Abby has a helicopter. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's not as long range, but it's way cooler. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, a lot of places to go in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> and you can descend right there, right on the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there are some really great bakeries tucked away in the middle of nowhere in Iowa because you have you all go the to in your helicopter. and Mennonite families that are baking up storms, but they're not the easiest to drive to. So you got to go right. there somehow. Anyway, so they they all know you by name then, huh? See that helicopter there? Oh, that's that's the if not by name, certainly by air, you know, yeah. air current. But... Yeah, <laughs> by curse. I don't yeah. know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so we uh, we are just trying to you know survive a little bit with all these kids uh, and keep them entertained enough and. So we decide to do a little foot spa where we have all of them wash their feet in the bathtub and they like soak their feet in the bathtub. And I think I had like one bath bomb and that's why everyone had to do it at once, which again, <laughs> side note, we are trying to get kids to be in one place for just a little bit making them all sit on the edge of the bathtub with their feet in the water while the bath bomb goes. It gives you at least a few minutes where they're just all contained. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, so You'll have to remember that trick, Nate. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm here yeah. for the tips and tricks. That's really what this is about. <laughs> it's all cleverly tricks. disguised. Yeah. I'm trying to make it sound deep. Uh, but really, it's just about snack time and getting kids <laughs> to just, I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Forgive me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, so then we have them all go, like, we line up all the kitchen chairs in a row. And they all sit there um, on each on their chair with their freshly, like, soaked feet and then they got to, you know, pick some nail polish or something. And, and we went around and we, and we washed their feet and we put lotion on them and we're painting their nails. And there was just this moment when me and this other young woman, her name's Kara, looked at each other because we both realized 
right now we're washing these kids feet and again it's just these moments where it's like oh i'm doing what jesus did now i doubt that jesus painted the disciples toenails <laughs> it doesn't say that he didn't who knows I, I don't know. I'm not claiming anything, but it was a beautiful moment to share. And it would have been really easy to get lost in the stress of chaos of last minute, you know, five kids in your house when you weren't expecting them. And perhaps you wanted a nice night to yourself for once. And, uh, but that moment, made it real for us no this is this is the ministry right here washing these kids feet as they await um the arrival of their new sister and while they're timid and scared and anxious about what is going to happen while mom is in the hospital and all of the things and we got to just be there with them like jesus is with us and we got to love them the way Jesus told us to. And it was a very holy moment again. Um yeah. Do you guys have any That's awesome. input? <laughs> well I'm just I'm in, I'm no I'm enjoy I'm really okay. enjoying listening okay. to it because um I don't know, it's just amazing to me how so far what you've told us just kind of uh, is reminding me how often I'll just personalize it because I won't talk for everybody, but how, how often I think maybe I miss the sacred moments that happen because I'm focused on any number of other things or because things need to be done in a certain way or whatever it is, you know, church or not. I, I just am really being challenged by the idea of looking for those sacred intrusions that I, I think I miss a lot because I'm busy or I'm, whatever you know yeah you're you're so deep i was just thinking you know if jesus had a bath bomb what color would it be <laughs> <laughs> uh mauve or mauve if you like mm -hmm. um so i'm a dumb guy what's what's mauve <laughs> it's it's a color it's one of those you know is it red it, it's like, it's a like purpley ish oh yeah. for for royalty yeah, sure. totally. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm too deep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I was just hoping that nobody would say red for blood because... <laughs> well, that gets to some interesting territory, doesn't it? <laughs> Are you washed in the blood? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> okay. Like I said, I'm, I'm Everyone get your robes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, what color bath bomb would Jesus have? Hmm. I, it's, it, yeah, maybe. Uh, well, to go deep, I would say that, you know, what's kind of cool, especially with kids, like I try to think of, so I'm a thinker, that's just where I am. So my experience listening so far is, wow, this is really cool, but really foreign to me because as we've unpacked on this podcast a lot, experiences aren't where I have a lot of my God moments. It's usually in my head or in conversation with folks. Mm -hmm. um, 
But what I was kind of thinking of uh, with Jesus in the, the bath bomb is how cool is it that Jesus probably has a favorite color? Like mm. that's just silly human stuff. And we forget that Jesus has silly human stuff about him. Um, and what a cool thing to, you know, impart to children at the same time of, Hey, you know, you, my kids, uh, they're somewhat typical girls sometimes, and they both like pink and purple. And I'm sure they would say pink and purple for Jesus. I don't know. They might say blue. We try not to do that kind (laughs) of stuff, but, um, yeah, wouldn't it be cool for kids to know that Jesus has a favorite color too and share that moment with them? Well, and I love I love the idea of just like Jesus sitting around the bathtub and getting his, you know, doing everything that you guys are doing and just being part of the 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 stuff that's going on. And I I just I love that picture of Jesus because it's one that I don't know how often we we think about. Yeah. Boy, if somebody's an artist out there, draw that picture. That would be an awesome picture to have. <laughs> we'll put it They're on our really website would. and then you'll be famous. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not kidding. Like if yeah. you want to draw that, that would be awesome to see five kids huddled up with Jesus and their feet in the bathtub watching a bath bomb go off. Uh-huh. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, Moving on, I guess. I don't. I don't know. Um, sure, you're in the driver's seat here. Hey, I like to be in control. That's why I got into the pastorate. <laughs> yes, you're very controlling. <laughs> to be fair, she's really not. I'm. I'm more controlling than you. I think. Give me credit for it. I, I think that you. You have a a picture of me that's that's kinder than I really am. I feel like I'm. I can be a little bit intense at times. You can also be too hard on yourself, oh, yeah. but that's a separate okay. discussion. Okay. Whatever. All right. We'll, we'll <laughs> move I honestly have this. never heard a. I've never heard anybody make trying to make a case that they're more controlling. It's uh, <laughs> it's new. <laughs> what can I say? I like to be really self-aware. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe I don't know. I. I Moving on. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> um, I've been a part of a lot of people's, some of, sorry, it's just really uh, a moment to reflect. I've been able to be with people at terrifying doctor's appointments to just hold their hand and help them process. I've been able to go into the schools with parents who are confused by the system and not for some weird uh, fix of my own, I guess, but it, it just really is an honor, the moments that people have allowed me to to be there with them um you know and i think that at, over the over the course of my pastorate right um the thing that i find 
most striking is that Jesus is incarnate, right? Um, and I think the pastorate, it, it should be an incarnate kind of um, position. Uh, and by that, I mean, it, Jesus is God with us and the honor of being a pastor is being able to be with people, um, whether it be in the joyous, like joyous moments. There have been babies that I have been the first person to pray over. And what an honor that is. Um, I've been there when people have passed away and been some of the first calls. Uh, and I just, sorry, edit this however you made my weird, uh, I just, it's okay. I just, it's it, how beautiful it is that God made us to be in community and that God was in community with us and cares for us and in those moments of what color bath bomb we're gonna throw in or holds our hand when we're afraid or gives us a pep talk or some good uh, maternal, paternal, whatever discipline when we need it. Been there for that too. I had a kick in the pants or two. Yes. Uh -huh. I, uh, by the way, while I have the stage, <laughs> we constantly talk about patronizing people and that's annoying. But what I like to do is matronize people. <laughs> and <laughs> so if there's any uh, female listeners out there, I, I believe that a little matriarchy is good for people and Amen. that you should just, you know, sometimes people just need somebody to come around and tell them to stop that and <laughs> <laughs> clean up their room and, you know, eat their vegetables and drink their milk or mm -hmm. coconut milk or, you know, if you're lactose intolerant or something, I guess. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Ryan, coconut is delicious. Listen, I have an irrational hatred for coconut. Everybody who knows me knows this, but your point is still, I'm very much on board. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Just don't make him drink coconut milk. There's no coconut for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll do like I do with the teenagers at breakfast. I just like start hiding healthy things <laughs> in what yep. seems like unhealthy things. Like, yeah. oh, this calls for, you know, I don't know. I just basically I throw chia seeds and flax seeds and <laughs> in everything. <laughs> My mom used to grind up carrots and sloppy joes when mm -hmm. we were kids. Yeah, I grind up carrots mm -hmm. and stick it in stuff all the time. Because they're yep. sweet. It makes sense. Your mom was, she had a good thought mm -hmm. there. 
She's a smart lady. I agree. Uh, anyway, you guys are too nice. <laughs> and we, <laughs> you don't eat your food, then guess what? You don't get dinner. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean like that too. I just, it's a both, uh, a both situation. Okay. Yeah. So I need to learn, is what you're telling me. I need to be a little nicer. You gotta, well, you can hide it. And then also, you gotta be like, come on, dude. Stop being so picky. Or <laughs> my other trick, tips and tricks with Pastor Abby, as we are now calling this. <laughs> hey, uh -huh. we're developing a new podcast. As That's we right. Yeah. That's right. Is that Add it to your empire? We had we had we've had a lot of kids stay with us over the years, as Ryan has alluded to a few times, and mm -hmm. we get all levels of pickiness with the kids. And we try not to traumatize them or anything, but also try and make them eat something healthy sometimes and not just nacho cheese dip. Um, <laughs> just like a bowl of nacho cheese dip and a spoon. No, they have they have pudding <laughs> cups now that are just nacho cheese. Oh, this oh is a real thing. I hate America. <laughs> anyway. I don't. No. <laughs> That's what I'm getting Ryan for Christmas. I am distressed. That and a bag of shredded coconut to go with it. Uh, we were friends. Hey, you we're, were one of my closest friends. Let's uh, let's put together a Christmas gift here. I think we've got a good idea. Yeah. Care package. Mm -hmm. yeah, coconut now. chips. Yeah. Uh -huh. And just say with nacho love, cheese. Love Satan. And it's all presented in a box with a big clown on it that says "You oh, Clowns." Can we go back to the good stories? Oh. I don't know how we got on, on clown boxes full of fucking coconut and nacho stuff. Anyway, tips and tricks with Pastor Abby. Side note, uh, yeah. you should make a little jingle for this and edit it in. Somebody dropped Sorry. something. Who was that? Yeah, it did. That was Ryan. It was me. <laughs> because it's Ryan, I would like to publicly shame you for dropping things mm. because I'm a good friend. Well, you know. That's what my life needs, he, more shame. This is what I'm this is what I'm talking about, Nate. He acts like I'm this really nice person, but when it comes down to it, I'll publicly shame him for dropping things on the podcast. Except Nate, this is what I'm talking about. She acts like she's this big terrible person, but it's all performance art. <laughs> I did major in prophecy. Exactly. It's all performance art. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Once again, and by the way, I did hear you. We'll work on a, a tips and tips, a tips and tricks with Pastor Abby jingle. We'll see what we can come up with. It should have a little maniacal laugh at the end of it too, because <laughs> it's always an edge. <laughs> so my tips and tricks were that I just rename everything. This, if you're only going to eat macaroni and cheese but I'm going to insist that you have vegetables. I put vegetables inside your macaroni and cheese. And then oh. if it's like beans, say, then all of a sudden it's cowboy macaroni and cheese. So it's delicious. <laughs> you should try it. Oh. And then it's cool That's and fun. Or Tips and tricks with Pastor Abby. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for everyone. 
Uh, All right. So serious question. This has got nothing to do with what we're talking about. But what happens when a kid just decides to be stubborn to be stubborn? Like, how do you make them? So this morning, my daughter, Mm -hmm. Ryan knows my oldest daughter. We (laughs) love her to death. She's amazing. She also challenges us sometimes. And one of the ways she does it is she just flat out refuses to do something. And, you know, most of the time we're like, whatever, but milk's kind of a big thing for us. You got to drink your milk, at least two glasses a day. Mm -hmm. Because you want to grow up, kid. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, funny enough, tonight she asked, how do you get stronger? You drink your damn milk. That's how you get stronger. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Protein. That's how. She just decided like, no, I'm not going to drink my milk. And so she sat there for 10 minutes complaining and she finally did drink it. But like, I don't know how to crack that nut. Like, do I just ignore her? Do I just like, what's the deal? How do I do that? Considered cowboy milk. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, have you seen Space Jam? And you know when Bugs Bunny puts the the water in a water bottle and calls it super juice? You just mm. throw the milk in a new cup and say, well, this is super strong juice. I don't know. Uh, I put brandy in it. Sometimes it's that you just have to wait them out and prove that you're more stubborn than them because boundaries are good and kids... <laughs> kids really do like it's good for them to have you show that like you're more insistent than they are and sometimes it's about you know just working with them and tricking them and sometimes it's bribery and sometimes you know you just you do the best you can but one of my big thoughts at the end of the day with kids is that what there are things that just have to be non-negotiables of course right but at mm-hmm. the end of the day as long as they know that i love them then then we can get through it all right so like as i've raised now three teenagers slash now they're adults one of the things we talk about is and not in a weird abusive way just to side note it because I, I imagine it'll sound weird but the Bible talks about how the how God disciplines those he loves. And I grew up in a household without any discipline because there was a lack of love. And so I talk through with my kids, listen, I care about you. I think highly of you. I know that you are capable of this. I want you to be healthy. I want you to grow. And because of this, I will not negotiate you have to do this even though you don't like it. And I'm only saying this because I love you and I want what's best for you. And while that doesn't always, you know, they don't always respond with reason after years of telling them the same thing, my son knows uh, that when I discipline him, it's not because I'm trying to make him miserable. He might feel like it for a little bit, but deep down he knows I discipline him because I love him. Um, And again, not in some weird abusive way, just in the way that we want our kids to grow up and be healthy. Um, So it's a mixture of all the things. And it's also okay to let kids have some agency, you know? Mm -hmm. Let them 
we we're trying to get away from the language, but let them win. It's not a battle, but yeah. Um, yeah. Let them, let them do what, you know, sometimes if she doesn't want to drink her milk, who cares? But yeah. Or maybe say, okay, you have these opportunities, like make a sticker chart. You have to drink two glasses of milk a day. Do you want it? When do you want it? Do you want it with your snack? Oh, you drank a glass of milk. You got one sticker, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Or or would you <clears throat> like to have osteoporosis when you're 18 <laughs> and shrivel and die? How would that sound? That sounds like a much healthier choice. I, I changed why, my mind. Listen to this Ryan. This is why we don't have tips and tricks <laughs> with Rap and Ryan. Because, uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's my tips and tricks, I guess, or, or I don't know if that was helpful at all, but best of luck. No, it was, it was. Also, you know how it is, you get so stuck in your own mind as a parent, yeah. and talking to somebody else is just always helpful, and, and Ryan's no help, because he doesn't care. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. He cares. He just, I mean, I don't not care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I understand, I understand, yeah. Yeah, no, she gets it. She's known me a long time. I have. <laughs> Ryan's gotten a lot better with kids, I gotta say. Oh, he um, held my 10, well, she was, what, nine yeah. months old at that point, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Project. Well, And he actually, like, comments on what my kids do, and uh -huh. I think uh -huh. you said one of them was awfully cute, Elise, right? Uh -huh. So well, she is. Um, I think, honestly, here's a rare, well, not super rare, but here's a small moment of vulnerability is that my anxiety in general in life has decreased a lot. And I think, oh, I'm not saying like I'm uh, ready to join the kid parade, but um, I think a lot of my stuff with children in the past was more anxiety than anything else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, just how it goes. They're, they're, <laughs> They're experts at creating anxiety, so I get <laughs> that it. is yeah. accurate. And uh, Nate and any other parents out there, now that I have a 24-year-old, what I have seen is that you have, you know, you have the different stages, you have the different battles, you have moments where you feel like I'm not going to survive this, and I could never do it again. <laughs> Um, and then you get to the other side of their teen years and all of a sudden you're pals again. And like today, my 21 year old daughter just sent me a text that says, Hey, I just wanted to say, I love you. And I broke down crying. <laughs> it, was, it was so yeah. sweet and precious. So those, it's always good to remind yourself the perspective that, this battle is not the end of the road. And even if they are really mad at me right now, or I'm really mad at them right now, we're going to come to the other side of this and we're going to be good pals. So, hmm. uh, yeah, there's, there's the other side of, you know, yeah. it's lovely. So since we're talking about children so much, um, I know you've done a lot of tr children's ministry, your entire ministry, and most of your life, I know. Um, so I was just wondering um, about 
maybe some perspective you've gained from that or if you you know one of these moments we were talking about earlier i just i don't know very much about children's ministry myself and i know you're kind of the expert and by kind of i mean entirely so um yeah i just wondering if there's anything anything there you could uh, talk about if you wanted to early on in kids ministry speaking of battles we had a kid who was coming in and he was defiant uh he was grumpy he was tired he would just come to church and fall asleep and you know you're taught that the lesson is the important part they need to hear the word they need to they need to grow and be discipled and all of that is good and and well and important but this kid is probably who really uh this moment really changed my view of the pastorate with this kid each week um it was just it was a power struggle and the sleeping and i know what it is to be a tired kid and just need to sleep and sometimes it was that and sometimes it was just being defiant um I just, I realized that for several Sundays in a row, we were both leaving really frustrated and exasperated and, um, uh, you know, Holy Spirit magic or what have you, as you want to call it. Um, I just really felt God speaking to me that if my ministry was only what was happening in the lesson time on a Sunday morning, that I was really failing at what I was called to do. And, um, you know, with kids, I've had better teaching moments, washing the dishes with, you know, a six-year-old and talking about how Jesus talks about why we don't just clean the outside of a cup and how we need to be thoughtful about what's going on inside of us and not just keeping up good appearances. And I've had moments um, where you just let a kid sleep at church because they are tired and they feel safe there. And at the end of the day, they feel loved and i just that's where i want to be jesus i don't i want to be somebody who is who who's living life with people and letting ministry be more than teaching not that teaching isn't good and important it is um but i i really i do feel like that has really shaped how i view the pastorate and i think that kids really provide those opportunities because they don't have attention spans they don't follow agendas easily and um and yet they can ask you the most insightful questions they can challenge you to view god in new ways they it's not just you know it's not just you to them a lot of times kids are are 
you know, there's a reason that Jesus pulls them in front of everyone and says, you want to be great in the kingdom of God? Look at this kid. This is greatness right here. You need to be like a kid. Um, and not in some weird romanticizing way, but just there's a humility and there is, there's just a lack of pretension and agenda a lot of times. <laughs> and it can be really refreshing. <laughs> it really can. Yeah. Um, and again, kids will challenge you to, to rethink the way you think. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's making me think, though, in some ways, don't get me wrong, when I was doing sermons, I'd work really hard on them, and they were hard to do, and Bible studies and all of that. But in some ways, teaching is the easy part, in yeah. a sense. The kind of thing you're talking about, whether with kids or adults, the um, incarnational ministry, the, the being present with people where they're at, that's a lot harder to do. At least for me, I think it was always easy to to not hide exactly, but the identity of the teacher is one that's easy to assume. Mm -hmm. um, it creates a distance, I think it can. Yeah. And uh, there's a place for distance, but at the same time, yeah, I don't know. I think what you're saying is really challenging me because even though my ministry looks different these days, I still um, have been challenged and been learning how to be present with people um, in that incarnational way and not just you know, here's what the theology should be or whatever. Um, yeah, that actually maybe brings me to perhaps one of my most precious moments in ministry. Uh, like I said at the very beginning, um, life's first cry to final breath. I've been there to pray over babies and I've been there to be with people as they're dying. And um, a little over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, uh, there was a man in our church. He had been battling cancer for, they had moved to Iowa City um, and within months, Iowa City has a big teaching hospital. They didn't know that. Like, I mean, that's not why they came. They came to be closer to their family, this man and his wife. And uh, not long after getting here, he was diagnosed with cancer. And it was years of kind of uh, battles with that. You know, he'd go into remission, they would come back. And he, even just, you know, even in the midst of it, he, he just, he could handle what was happening. You know, it was, it was hard, but his faith was such that he, he had accepted you know this is what happens that's okay and his prayer was simply that um, whatever would happen with him would be a witness to his children of god's goodness and um it was getting close to christmas 
we'd gone to several, you know, home visitations with him and his wife and we got to eat with them and laugh with them. He was hilarious and just always cracking jokes um, and telling fanciful stories. He would have really got along with me and you, Ryan, back in our CPP yeah. days when we alienated <laughs> everyone with our weird stories. Listen, they went both ways, okay? okay. They alienated us too. All right, all right, sure. <laughs> so, um, so he's in the hospice care, in the hospice room at the hospital. They know he's going to pass soon. And uh, this story is not to just be consumed, right? Uh, I don't know if you know what I mean by that, but this is genuinely very precious to me. And uh, to one end, I would love to treasure it up in my heart, never share it with anyone because it was so precious. But also I think that it's so beautiful. I want, wanted to encourage other people to see beauty in not so obviously beautiful circumstances. And um, so this man, he's, oh, I have another story too. You might have to edit around. I don't know if I tell the other story or not. Uh, this man, his name's Greg, and he, He's on his deathbed. We're in the hospice room. Me and the other pastor, they're visiting he and his wife. They both are just people of a very, you know, steady commitment to Christ. Um, they're not flashy. They're not, you know, they're nothing out like by worldly standards is is necessarily uh, gonna set them apart other than that they're just hilarious and pleasant people. And we go and we know that he's got hours maybe to live. And he starts throwing up from all of the medication and everything and um, his wife is got kind of a sensitive, sympathetic stomach. And so there was just this moment where we realize she's trying to hold a bucket for him in love for her husband, even though it's, it's just painful for her. And I, between my years of kids ministry and special education work and you know whatever i i just i don't have much of a weak stomach when it comes to these things i can deal with a lot of uh, a lot of bodily functions that are unpleasant i have some pretty funny stories about that this one's not so funny but anyway so I quickly run and grab the bucket and say, no, 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 it's okay, Cindy. Why don't you go to the other room? And another pastor is able to take her out and minister to her and remind her that it's okay for her to take a deep breath 
and he got to just be there for her in this moment where she wants to love her husband and also she's in so much pain and I got to be there with Greg as he is just throwing up into this bucket I'm holding a little bit's getting on me it's in his beard and he gets done and I have the honor again it's it's really an honor to grab some wipes and clean up his face and get all of that out of his beard and and i look at him and i say greg is this is this what it is for jesus to wash his disciples feet is this the moment I get to be here with you? And, and he said, yeah, it, it really is. And, and it was just this, again, it was just this moment where you could feel yourself walking with Jesus who is present with people and who doesn't make you feel ashamed, doesn't act grossed out by, you know, the the most unpleasant of circumstances but gently is able to give you back your own dignity and again i am not trying to make myself sound saintly in this because it's not me it is jesus right but um, it wasn't yeah it, it wasn't an honor for him to have me clean his face it was an honor for me to be a part of this man's last hours with us in this world and to be able to out to to honor him and to be Jesus with him and then we got to chat about the kingdom about his hopes about his prayers about his fears and not long after he passed away and this is the pastorate, you know, it's really easy for us to get caught up in all of the hoopla, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but man, if, if God will give me the strength and the grace to just keep walking with people in good moments and in bad moments too, pray over babies and to wash people's feet i pray that i can stay aware enough of how holy those moments are and keep the that sense of of love and honor and joy about what can very much be a stressful job you know sometimes people really dig into your personhood mm -hmm. um, as a pastor but i would take every bad moment um several times over to keep doing this work because it, it, it really is beautiful so that's kind of i don't know those were the things that i thought about about what has really shaped me as a pastor is just what an honor it is to be incarnate with jesus not i mean obviously he is 
ahead of all of it, right? And I'm not trying to start some weird cult. Um, and Although we did talk about that in school. We did talk, we did about, talk about that in school, but we yeah, never did it. We, we didn't do it, and I have no intentions of doing it. Um, Probably. I, I try again to be very aware of my flaws so that I never... <laughs> lose sight in my quest for celebrity pastoring. I'm just afraid somebody would find it and take us seriously. I know. I, I mean, Scientology is the thing. So I just, yeah. you got to be careful, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so uh, I, I just, if anybody is ever curious about the pastorate or discouraged in ministry or thinking of, giving your pastor a good um, tearing down. Remember that there are real people who are just trying to walk with Jesus and with people. And remember that it can be a really beautiful thing uh, so long as you don't get so caught up in all of the, you know, all of the stuff that doesn't matter so much, like the smoke machines and the <laughs> uh, million dollar budgets or the $10 budgets. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not just the big pastors that, that lose it. Sometimes we lose sight when we're in small churches and we're, forgetting to just pray, give us each day our daily bread and recognize that it might just be daily bread. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's okay. It might be bread and Sprite, huh? It might be bread and Sprite. Thank you for listening so far. I hope you have enjoyed this conversation with Abby as much as Ryan and I did. We will be concluding this conversation next week. It was far too long to keep on to one episode, so I hope you do, in fact, return to us next week as we learn more from Abby about Abby and about pastoral care, pastoral ministry altogether in this time and place that we find ourselves. Until then, I will say what Ryan says, even though I can't say it nearly as well as he can. Don't worry, it will be okay. It's going to be okay because God will take care of us. 